Welcome to Diversity Unlocks Discovery, an IAB UK podcast series in partnership with Meta. Hello and welcome to a brand new IAB UK podcast, Diversity Unlocks Discovery, in partnership with Meta. I'm your host, Sophia Haynes, and I head up diversity and inclusion work here at the IAB. This is the first episode of a six-part mini-series where we will be exploring diversity and inclusion in digital advertising. Over the coming episodes, we'll surface some of the obstacles that are preventing digital advertising from being more inclusive and diverse, and we'll explore how to go about changing things for the better. Too often, many of us are worried about getting things wrong or not having the answer, so we just avoid asking questions or even avoid doing anything at all. This podcast is an antidote to that. So get yourself a cuppa, listen in, learn, and rest assured you will come away from each episode ready to make a difference. Today, I'm joined by Meta's Zara Chatu, Head of Connection Planning, Retail for EMEA, and Chair of the DEI Council. We'll explore exactly how diversity can unlock discovery, which is the overarching theme of this podcast. We talk about genuine representation in ads, the value of having uncomfortable conversations, how inclusivity is being built into the metaverse, and why Zara found the release of the new Little Mermaid trailer so powerful. So I started by asking Zara to take us back to the start, where her personal passion for DNI lies and why this work matters to her so much. I am just incredibly passionate about representation. I'm really passionate about people being able to see themselves represented in culture because of the impact that has on us, the impact it has on how we see ourselves, and more importantly, how we see each other. And I believe that the role of advertising within that space is huge, and we can all contribute to that. This conversation is always about action, and that's something we can really do. And, you know, if I even just think about what's happening in culture right now, this week, the trailer that's come out for The Little Mermaid, Ariel played by Halle Bailey, a black woman, and the impact of that, there's a great piece of content where they're showing the reaction of young black girls when they see The Little Mermaid as someone who looks like them. And it is just so powerful. It's so emotional. Actually, I was very emotional when I watched it because of the joy you see in their eyes and the surprise as well because they aren't represented or they don't see that often and the power of being able to see audiences who are often invisible is something that I believe we can all play a role in doing better and I think it's our responsibility as well as advertisers to do that so I'm very passionate about it and diversity unlocks discovery really plays into that because it's It's around discovering audiences as they should be, discovering unmet audiences. The impact of that is huge and ultimately it does lead to growth. It's the right thing to do, but it also leads to growth. And so why wouldn't we do it? Fantastic. And what you talked about just really reminded me of seeing Encanto and Mm. similar reactions where children were excited to see themselves represented as some of the individuals, some of the children within that film. So I totally get that, that authentic connection. Mm. So let's just think a bit about advertising Mm. in terms of where we are at present. We had in 2019, cat ban gender stereotyping, so much for the better in terms of ensuring that there's no sort of harm or stereotypes being enforced, limiting Mm. audiences, whether it's a man unable to do what has been traditionally considered woman's work, changing a nappy or something ridiculous or a woman doing all the tidying up those things have been in place and we'd hope that with the dni conversation things are getting better what do you see representation mm. as being right now in advertising 
I think there are things in place and I think we're talking about it so much more and I think there is a level of awareness now that wasn't a few years ago, you know, which is obviously progress. But I think things can be better. I I worry that things are a little bit tokenistic actually at the moment because when you look at a study that Deloitte did on the value of advertising and looked at the top 50 media spenders on TV and looking at representation, on the surface it looks like it's positive. So for example, and and I did just sort of bring the numbers, but you know 92% of brands show people of colour, 43% of brands had at least one occurrence of a senior citizen in their ads, 94% of brands showed women in a primary role so on the surface it seems like okay we're making progress but the reality is when you look into that in a bit more detail although 92 percent of brown showed people of color only 15 percent of them were represented by more than the skin color so that's problematic you know 43 percent of brands may have shown senior citizen in their ads but they weren't in a position of power at all they were in very limited roles and although 94 percent of brands showed women in a primary role in most cases they were stereotypical roles. So I worry that our effort falls into danger of being tokenistic. And the Unstereotype Alliance released insights. And I know in 2020, we had made steps back, unfortunately, with the way in which we were portraying audiences. So that I think raises quite a few questions on Are we perpetuating a stereotype? Advertising representation can perpetuate stereotypes. It can challenge them or it can perpetuate them. And, you know, showing audiences isn't enough. You have to be showing them in their power. You have to be representing their values. And I think it's always really clear when you've got diverse teams working on campaigns which are representing that diversity and when you don't. And it does start with, I really fundamentally believe it really starts with getting the right people in the room and giving them the space and and giving them the conditions and giving all of us the conditions to be able to call things out, have those uncomfortable conversations like you mentioned, in order to get to the really powerful work. Because we know representation matters, we know it drives growth, but it doesn't just happen. We need to create the conditions to allow that to happen. Yeah, and it's fair to say it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy, no. but it, you can get it right if you do your homework, if you do That's it properly. It. And so just on the diversity unlocking discovery, perhaps you could just talk a little bit more about what that is and how you develop that narrative and Mm. what it means. Yeah, absolutely. So diversity unlocks discovery really is fueled by, you know, not only is diversity the right thing to do, but it allows you to discover growth and it allows you to discover new audiences. It allows you to discover where audiences are rather than where we expect them to be. And it's built on really leaning into some uncomfortable truths, which I think is really fundamental to this whole conversation. And through that, tapping into five key areas that can minimise bias. And we talk about minimising bias in representation, minimising bias in the language we use, minimising bias in our targeting approach, minimising bias in how we look at cultural moments and really minimising bias against an unmet audience. And we think those are five areas that we can all drive action in and contribute to. Brilliant. And those five areas, obviously, they're really powerful and I've seen some of the insight and the thinking around that what just as a few sort of Mm, highlights mm. a few kind of key examples to share with the listeners today yeah absolutely so if we look at for example bias and language there is so much bias and language that we often you know overlook or take for granted even 
I mean, it's just such a huge spectrum. Even the way we talk about diverse hires, it's a diverse hire. We don't talk about homogenous hires. There's, I think there's a lot in overlooked language, the language of anti-aging. That's on so much of our packaging and it's just accepted. It's good to see that the beauty industry is really pushing forward here and we're working really closely with them on this. But, you know, there is a lot of bias and language, but there's a lot of opportunity in terms of what we can do there. So really simple things, actually, to reach broader audiences you know, on Meta, even just by using one of our solutions around language and being able to convert into different languages, you see such a huge increase in growth for the UK, for example, if you were to include Polish and Arabic in your campaigns through just optimising against language, you will reach 200,000 greater audience size. And in the States, if you are to include Spanish, you'll reach 10 million growth in audience. So there's some really simple things you can do. And then, of course, creative plays such a huge role here. I absolutely love the work that's been developed by Cadbury's in South Africa. And it's, it's essentially in South Africa, there are 11 different local South African languages and only 2% of children's books are in those local languages. And of course, eight out of 10 children have challenges reading. And so Cadbury's developed a campaign with us simply using polling ads to ask audiences, what language, what local language would you love to read to your children in and based on their responses we created custom audiences and served them ads and asked them to translate just one word and out of that we were able to co-create 45,000 books in local languages and that's so important and that's work we can do that's work that creativity really unlocking you know discovery and that's really what I mean by diversity unlocking discovery and creativity plays a huge role in that so that's the bias in language there's bias in cultural moments and often when it comes to cultural moments you know there's a lot of fear in how we communicate because and rightly so completely understandable but we can often therefore slip into certain stereotypes And I know with the IAB podcast, we've had one on Ramadan. But actually, when we look at the consumer insights on our platform, we see that it's the kindest month on Meta, the highest interactions with kindness on that month. And it just changes the context around how you communicate with your audience, because ultimately it's a month about community and celebration as are other cultural moments. So again, it's really putting things in place to deliberately plan for bias, you know, accept that there is a bias and then ultimately sort of use our consumer insights or use some of our mechanics on our platform to be able to mitigate against it. Absolutely. It sounds the opportunities are there and it's just that homework as we talked about. And so the point on targeting and segmentation, are there any examples of where that's worked better as a Mm. result of taking that bias out and how that might look? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, in advertising, in my background's in media agencies. So a big part of what we do is shape audiences and shape our segmentations. And just by their very nature, they are built on generalizations. It's really interesting. I went to an IPA event and they showed demographically two people, men over 45, married twice, significant amount of wealth. They could be, and they had Tommy Hilfiger and Ozzy Osbourne. Like demographically, if you were to use a segmentation, and target them, you'd be targeting them exactly the same way when they are 
entirely different. And so I think it's important that we really are mindful of that and mindful of generalizations and and segmentations. And we've done some testing in this space for autos, for example, where we tested a segmented audience, a segmentation versus just allowing, you know, machine learning to go quite broad on our platform. And what was interesting is we found that when we went broader, we reached over a million more users at the same cost. But the m- most interesting thing was we that led to 25% more leads by women because the segmentation was just naturally had missed this audience because of the natural bias that was when developing that that segmentation. And so I just do think that Of course, there is value in segmentations, don't get me wrong, but I do think we need to be careful around how we can make quite significant generalisations, even in the naming of some of the segmentations. I mean, if I go back and look at some of my work that I did and some of the generalisations I made, I feel feel quite embarrassed by it myself. So I think there is a lot we can do there. There's a lot we can test just by testing a broad audience approach to see who you might be missing is really valuable. It's, It's a really valuable exercise just to do as well. That's fascinating to think that we might target male audiences thinking they're buying cars, but why on earth wouldn't women be buying cars? They do and they want to. And actually, yeah, I suppose it's, it almost reminds me of that test and learn methodology that we always talk about in advertising. Mm-hmm. You never know. You need to be doing your A's and B's. You need to be thinking about what you're doing and how it could be different and what uplift might look like. So the uncomfortable conversations, I mean, I sort of love this. It sort of doesn't sound very appealing in itself. Uncomfortable conversations, let's have them. <laughs> Who wants to do that? But actually, you know, they're worth their weight in gold. Can you just tell us a little bit more about kind of that whole concept? Because I just think it's fascinating. And I think anyone who hears this might then be a bit braver to have a bit of a tougher conversation about something or be a bit curious and feel a bit ignorant in order to do that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, who wants to talk about uncomfortable conversations? (laughs) The reality is a lot of what we see in terms of a lot of the data, of course, supports diverse teams drive better results. But one of the things I think we need to talk a little bit more about within that space is how we get to the great results because we all want to get to those great results. How do we get to those great results? And actually, you know, it's it's about being able to create the conditions to have uncomfortable conversations and call things out. A lot of research has shown that diverse teams lead to better results, but it isn't easy to get there because there is a level of discomfort. And actually, if you aren't facing into some level of discomfort when it comes to DEI, you're probably not learning enough. And so we really sort of adopt this, I suppose, mindset of, of leaning into the discomfort, having those uncomfortable conversations, asking the questions, because there's so many times when we're just afraid to ask or concerned to talk about it. But we embrace it and we have a series that I know you're part of, Sophie, which is fantastic, called Uncomfortable with and to just really lean into what are those uncomfortable conversations and how can we help by just talking about it sometimes just talking about it is enough to provide the safety we all need to say oh it's okay to ask that question no one knows all the answers and in fact I think what's really interesting within this whole space is it's been proven that when it comes to unconscious bias testing the moment you think you're fair and square is the moment that you are more likely to perform poorer on any form of unconscious bias testing. So, and I think that's interesting because it just highlights that it's okay not to know it all. And actually, if you go into 
any conversation within this space, you're thinking you may not know it all, you're more likely to not get it wrong. Yeah, well, you're more likely to learn and ask. Well, absolutely. And we'll include the link to the Metaphor Business Uncomfortable Conversation videos in the show notes. So it's really worth having a dig into those for some interesting, enlightening insights and mistakes people have made. When it comes to starting uncomfortable conversations, if there's something you need to bring up, share, do differently, and you want to be curious, but sometimes it's hard to know where to begin. Mm. Any advice on that? Mm. Yeah. Uncomfortable conversations are always, they're difficult. We know that I've never left an uncomfortable conversation feeling I wish I hadn't had that conversation. So the end result is always productive. It may not go the way you think, but it's always productive. I've never left thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't hadn't had that. I think a way to start the conversation and what I tend to use that's helped me is, you know, to actually really lean into it and to be quite frank about it and to say, look actually to say it this conversation is going to be uncomfortable but I know that we're going to get to a better place because we have it and I'd love for us to walk through this together and you know I often find that the other person is like yes I'm with you I'm with you and so I do think just by really stating it let's do this together but I want to get to a really good place because of it and just recognize that it will be difficult but we've got a shared space and a safe space And so actually, this is fascinating. And what you're making me think about is we can correct things for now or address things, tackle them within advertising. The metaverse is springing to mind because obviously that's a whole kind of Mm. new opportunity and place where perhaps it can be less of a retro, I guess. It could be something we think about now. So what do you know and think about how we can tackle D&I in the metaverse? I mean, it's such an interesting space, isn't it? I think... I think the key thing with the metaverse that I personally think is really interesting is that we're all building it and we've said it from the very start, this isn't a meta thing, this is for all of us to build and creators are building this metaverse and the fact that we're all building it means that it's going to be naturally more representative because we're all doing this together. That's, I suppose, the first thing I'd say. The last six worlds that we've created through Horizon Worlds in the metaverse over sort of 80% of those have been built by diverse creators, which is great. And I think that's important because when you're starting to develop something from sort of day dot, you can put things in place and the conditions we talk about to ensure we are delivering against our DE&I objectives. So I think that's really important. And ultimately... The metaverse is about creativity and inclusivity and diversity is a huge part of that. And we're seeing that play out in the types of creators that are really leaning into this space. And then I would say things like avatars. I think it's really interesting. You know, there are one quintillionth different options for choosing your avatar. So again, just really being as representative as we should be and can be within this space. But I really look forward to seeing how this plays out and I'm excited by it I really am because of the people because of all of us and we're all builders and we're all creating it and absolutely that brings me to the thought I was thinking of the team behind whatever work you're doing is obviously so key and as you say that's sort of playing out in real time there in the metaverse so one final question please if I may I guess as part of what we're trying to do with these conversations is to help sort of change behaviours and just make people think a bit more. As we know, biases are very unconscious often, they're very learned, and we certainly learn from the people around us. So I guess if someone's listening to this and they could take one thing away that they could do sort of today, tomorrow, that might not only change how they approach things, but might also have a ripple effect on the people around them, Mm. what one thing would you like that to be? Wow, that's a difficult question for one thing. What I would say is 
I suppose the key thing is, is that we all have a bias. If you have a brain, you have a bias. We're just, we're wired that way. And so I think it's number one, just to accept that and to have an awareness of that. So in every conversation you go into or every brief you're working on, you have to deliberately mitigate against it. Just know that you have to deliberately work quite hard. Don't just accept that you're going to drive a more diverse campaign because you have a good intention to do that because our brain works against us in that way. So I would say that just deliberately, and I use that word because I think it's really important to plan against it. And then I would say building on that is... At times of huge amounts of stress, we're more likely to slip into that bias because we're more likely to slip into shortcuts. We're also more likely to want to have teams around us to be able to act fast. And we tend to therefore choose people that are more likely to agree with us subconsciously because it allows us just to make decisions quite quickly, to have a more seamless approach to things. And that tends to happen at times when we are more stressed, but that is when we are more likely to really fall into bias. And at the time we're in right now, I mean, it's incredibly stressful for everyone to be acutely aware of that in order to mitigate against it. That would be my sort of first step. Just know to deliberately plan against it. In the past, when I've worked on different plans, processes there may have been a sort of element that has said okay just like let's just make sure that it's you know there's DEI baked in but that's not going to happen unless you deliberately bake it into the questions that you're asking into the briefs that you're developing it has to be a very deliberate approach can't just expect it so yeah that would be I guess my starting point here. I love that. And I think the word deliberate is a great one to just keep in mind. Just be intentional, think about it and plan ahead. Thank you, Sarah. It's been an absolute pleasure. Some great insights. And I think hopefully we can all do better having listened to you today. Thank you. Thank you. That was such a fascinating conversation with Meta's Zara Chatu. I loved what she said about how simple representation in advertising isn't enough and that we have to be representing diverse audiences authentically and in their power. So much of achieving that comes down to creating an environment where people feel like they can make mistakes, lean into discomfort and have those conversations that do lead to positive change. Thank you for listening to the first of this new series. I hope that you come away feeling inspired to make a difference. If you want to hear more on diversity and inclusion, visit iabuk.com forward slash diversity. And if you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share. We'll be back in a few weeks talking about Black History Month for the second episode in the series. Diversity Unlocks Discovery, an IAB UK podcast series in partnership with Meta.